Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. My name is Tim Barton, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Vine. And I know that I need the righteousness of Jesus. But sometimes... I live like I just need to trust in my own righteousness. What about you? The reality is, is that we live in a culture, particularly in this American culture that we live in, that over and over and over again, we are bombarded with, we need to be able to depend on who? you know, the phrase numero uno, right? We need to depend on ourselves. You think about it, whether it's in commercials, it's in music, it's in novels we read. Um, I was just, even in our sports, I was just listening, um, I was thinking about my sermon, but I had a, had a basketball game on. And as I'm sitting here thinking about this very concept, the announcer goes, this, this one player was just taken, as the announcer said, taking the team on his back. And he was just dominant that day. And, and as the announcer said, um, this, this player, you know, he's, he's just doing everything. It's, he's, de- he's completely dependent on himself tonight in this game. So even in our sports, it's like, depend on yourself. And the problem with that is, you know, there's good things, good motivation and stuff, and we get a lot done that way. But here's the problem with that. When we think that way, when it comes to our relationship with God, we're going to have a really hard time understanding what God has for us. Because the Bible says, the Bible teaches that we can't depend upon our own righteousness. You may remember a few, um, a few months ago, I used an illustration. I'm going to bring that back here. Some of you weren't here then and others, we need, we need a little refresher. But suppose that this is the line, a line right here on the stage, and this portrays Jesus' perfect righteousness and, and the, the perfection that we need to attain. Okay, and this, this line is right here. Now, the way we often think about it is that, well, some of us, we, we know, you know, all of sin to fall short of the glory of God, so we say that, and we know that not anybody attains that perfect righteousness on this earth. And so we know, well, um, you know, maybe I'm right about here. I know I can't get there, but those, those really good people, they're right about there. Most of us wouldn't say that about ourselves. We'd say that about other people, right? They're, they're right about here. And then, it's like, and then there's some other people, and, and they're back here a little bit. And then there's some other people back here. But what about those people that are way out there in the woods stuck in the mud? Right? And if that were true, and that's not even true, but we'll talk about that in a little bit later. Um, if that were true, and that all, everybody was in different places in their righteousness, even then, our righteousness would come up short. It wouldn't be good enough. We couldn't depend on our own righteousness. But there is a righteousness we can depend on. As we continue in our series in Romans this morning, we're going to look at that righteousness. And we're going to do that from Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 26. And as we look there, I remind you that this is God's word. 
Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And so again, there is a righteousness we can depend on. And what we're going to see today as we, as we look at this passage is there's a righteousness we can depend on because, our two main points, um, this righteousness comes from the one who is just and it comes from the one who justifies. So this righteousness we can depend on because it comes from the one who is just and it comes from the one who justifies. Look at verses 19 and 20 again. I'm going to read them again so we focus in on these for a minute. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So what Paul's doing here is, is this is his concluding argument. If you remember um, last year in January, um, into, from January into March, and then the beginning of this year, before we took a couple-week detour, um, we've been in Romans. And what Paul has been saying, if you remember, is that talking to the Roman culture that is very um, wise and influential in the world, um, they, were, they were considered with great human wisdom, powerful um, in the world, a, a growing culture. Um, in, in this Roman world, there was this mentality that whether it was through irreligious things or through religious things, but there was this mentality that people could be good enough. And what Paul's been showing them, among other things, is that that's not true. You can't be good enough. And so he's been demonstrating that, whether, whether Gentile or Jew, religious, irreligious, those who think highly of themselves, those who think of themselves as pretty low, those who think of themselves as pretty bad, those who think of themselves as pretty good, every single person desperately needs Jesus. Now, as I start there, that, that may be hard for us to hear. It may be hard for us um, to accept this morning. But I do want to say very clearly, it's what Paul has been teaching in the first part of Romans. And it's what he's summarizing here in verses 19 through 20. And so in 19, Paul's reiterating, saying one more time, look at the phrase, look at the word there, every mouth will be stopped. The whole world will be held accountable to God. And then verse 20, he makes it super clear for the religious. He goes, by the works of the law, by your own ability, your own good works, and he's even saying by our own ability, our own good works, our own um, attempts to do what is right, by those things, no one will be righteous or justified in the sight of God. 
because through the law comes knowledge of sin. Now this word knowledge there is, is this idea of intimate, um, practical, real experience. And so what he's saying is, the law shows us that we have real, see if this sounds true, the law shows us that we have real, practical, personal, often painful experience with sin. And so the law, what Paul's showing here, was never about what we could accomplish. Yes, it is meant to restrain sin on this earth, but we are born with sin, so the law was not meant to teach us how we could accomplish any righteousness of our own. If it was about that, then that means God is actually unjust. Because we could not be good enough. We could never live up to it perfectly. And living up to it perfectly is what it would take. So the law points to the fact that the loving and merciful God by the way, some people think, you know, God was one way in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament he became loving and merciful. God was just as loving and merciful in the Old Testament. God's character didn't change. But the loving and merciful God is also just in punishing sin. And so that fact, that, that, that as Paul summarizes this fact, that God is just in his approach to sin, it sets up the hope that we're going to see for, you know, in this transition today and into the, the, the rest of, the, of Romans to come. Um, and we see that for a second reason. So there's this righteousness that we can depend on because, God, because it comes from God who is just. And it also comes from God who justifies, from the one who justifies. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time on today. So... How does, how does our God who is just also then justify? Well, a little commercial here for a minute. What we need to ask is, how does this passage show us that? You know, a lot of times, I think it's easy for you to sit and to just listen to us teach, and then, and then we move on. I, we want to challenge you to say, do you see what we're saying from the passage? Um, you need to look, we're, we would never try to say something that's not in the passage, but you need to learn to look at Scripture and see, is, is this what, we, what I see God teaching in this passage and in conjunction with Scripture as a whole? So with that said, let's see why we think this is um, in this passage. This righteousness comes from the one who justifies. How does it show us that? First, it says that he uh, gives righteousness apart from the law. Look at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Now again, I, I want to say this again. I'll probably say it even one more time as we go because this is important. We need to understand that in the Old Testament, people were not saved by following the law of God. If we think they were, we ultimately can't understand this passage. If they could have followed it perfectly, yes, they, could have, they would have been saved. But they couldn't. Sin entered the world through Adam, and as a result, all mankind is born with sin. And so righteousness had to be manifested. It had to be shown to us 
apart from the law. So even in the Old Testament, the law showed the need for the saving work of Jesus. It, it pointed forward to Jesus' saving work to come. It pointed forward in the Old Testament, it talks about the Messiah. It's pointing forward to what Jesus would do. And that's, why, that's what all the sacrifices in the Old Testament are about. It is without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. All these sacrifices in the Old Testament are pointing forward to the ultimate sacrifice in Jesus. And you can read all about that throughout the book of Hebrews, if you want to, and other places. Um, but it's pointing forward to the work of Jesus. But once Jesus came, those sacrifices were no longer necessary. Because the ultimate sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, shed his blood um, so those things, those sacrifices were no longer needed. But even in the Old Testament, they didn't save people. They just pointed to the one who does. That is what he means when he says the law and the prophets bear witness to the righteousness that is coming. They, they point to it. And then Jesus comes And you remember what Jesus says regarding the law? The law of God for believers today, Jesus didn't abolish it. He fulfilled it, but he didn't abolish it. The law of God for believers today is to show us how we are to live our lives, to show us what is good for us, to show us what God's will for us is. And so we do follow it, but it also points us it also points us to our need for Jesus' saving work. It shows us how deep our need for him is. It doesn't give us righteousness, but it points us to the one who does. The second way this passage shows us that righteousness comes from the one who justifies is that he gives righteousness for all who believe. Look at verses 22 through 23 now. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This righteousness, two, two things here I want to point out. This righteousness comes, it's for all who believe, it comes by faith in Christ. You notice Paul keeps repeating himself here in different ways. So it comes by faith in Christ. You cannot receive the righteousness of Jesus in any other way. I cannot receive the righteousness of Jesus in any other way. It comes through faith in him. Now, is it good to do the right thing in relationship with others? Yes. Is it good to do the right thing um, in our work? Yes, in, in our homes, yes, in the way we live our lives, yes. That's part of God's law, again, to restrain sin in this world. And, and think about it. Even if, you, even if everybody in the world was not followers of Jesus, but everybody said, hey, this is the, this is the thing we agree on and we're going to try to follow it, would that be better for society? Yes. God said it would be right. <laughs> and, and, No matter how hard you try or how much you think you've accomplished or can accomplish, you, we cannot earn the righteousness of God in our own ability. 
It's only through faith in the work that Jesus has done. And that means it comes with no distinction of purposes. That's the other thing from this, um, from verses 22 and 23. It comes with no distinction of between persons. It, if you're here today and you think pretty well of yourself, if you think you're better than most people around you, or maybe even you put yourself in the middle and you're like, I'm better than some and not the others, then this is hard. This is hard to process. Most of us live our lives, I mean, think about what we're taught. I'll go back to where I started. Think about what we're taught. Most of us live our lives trying to compete or trying to compare or trying to improve or trying to make the sell before someone else does or trying to look better than others or trying to, um, to, to have more or to, to gain ease and gain comfort in this life. And, and again, when we approach the idea of God's grace and his righteousness in this way, it's really hard for us to comprehend what Paul is saying. Let me go back to the line a minute. Jesus' perfect righteousness, what, what we're required, what's required of us to be acceptable in God's sight is here. And again, we think some of us are here, we're kind of closer. Some of us are over here. Some of us are back here. And some of us are out in the woods, stuck in the mud. Here's the reality. Every one of us in this room, apart from the work of Jesus, is out in the woods and stuck in the mud. And let me be real clear, where we really are is about six feet under in the mud. Because Ephesians says we are dead in our trespasses, not, not sort of alive a little bit. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, all of us, apart from the work of Jesus. We sang the song a minute ago. You even heard it in the prayer. The grace of God has reached for me and pulled me from the raging sea. And, and using that analogy, it's like some of us think, well, my head's just barely above water. Some of us think I'm sinking completely. Some of us think, you know, all these. Here, again, the, the, the biblical picture of that is, no, you're dead and you're floating upside down. And Jesus jumped down, pulls you up and breathes new life into you. That's what the Bible says. And y'all, some of you right now want to argue with me theologically. What I want to say is, how great is that news? That the grace of God has reached for me and breathed new life into me. One of the guys in early prayer always says, I, my heart quit working and he gave me a heart transplant. It's new life. And what does that mean? It means we didn't do anything to earn it. So we just need to quit wasting our time bragging about what we're doing and spend time talking about what God's done to all those people around us. One another. I need to be reminded of this. You need to be reminded of this, but so do the people out there, so to speak. But let me also address those that are here this morning that feel like you're way back there stuck in the mud and you're looking ahead and you're like, I kind of hear you, Tim, but it sure looks like all these other people are much further along than I am. 
First of all, we're not. I think I've made that clear. But I want to encourage you to keep crying out to Jesus. You may think you may be at a point that you're like, he don't want to listen to me. I'm not even sure he cares. But keep crying out to Jesus. And those of you who know that's going on around you, keep crying out to Jesus for them. There's many times we can't utter those words on our own. And that's why we have the people of God to cry out for them. For your children who are wayward, many of you in here, cry out to Jesus. Keep loving them, but cry out to Jesus. Because when they look ahead and they see all these people ahead of them, that seems like a daunting task. And the reality is it is. Unless Jesus works. Unless we remember what he's done for us. He pulled us up out of that ground faith to him. It's a righteousness we can depend on. And so today, we see that righteousness displayed um, through God's work for us, this propitiation um, we see in the Lord's table, this idea of Jesus shedding his blood for his people. And so as we prepare to come to the Lord's table, I want to ask you just to go before the Lord and ask him um, if there's places he's already shown you, uh, maybe throughout this time today, maybe, maybe even as you ask now, places where you're depending on your own righteousness instead of through faith in Jesus, then repent of that. Acknowledge that before him. And then we'll come together in a few moments and celebrate the righteousness we have in him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.